title of my message, the title of my message this morning is Believers Believe. What do believers do? Believe. It was interesting because this past week, I thought about my life. I've been in church, honestly, all my life. I've been in church. I mean, when the, my, I grew up, my dad was a pastor. And we were taught, if those church doors are cracked, we're walking through them. And so we were always the first in, the last out on on Saturday night, we had, we had uh, people that would volunteer to clean the church. And if the, if the volunteers didn't show up to clean the church, dad would come and say on Saturday night, the volunteers didn't show up and clean, to clean the church. So guess who got to clean the church? <laughs> yeah. Vacuum sweeper. We've done it all. And having been in church, I thought that when people ask me who you are, I say, well, I'm a believer. I don't know if you ever said that, I'm a believer. It's interesting to be a believer, you actually have to believe. And I thought that I believed, but within the last few weeks, I've been looking back at my life, and I'm kind of old, got a birthday here in a week or two, going to be 69 years old, I mean old. And uh, I look back, though, and I thought, thank you for that. Uh, but I look back and I thought, I don't think that I've been, I always believe. Because when you believe, you actually trust. And when you trust, you walk in that trust and, and anxiety and, and uh, fear and worrying is not a part of your life if you Believe. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that God's going to kick you out, kick you out of the deal, out of the little club, if you if you have anxiety or if you have fear in your life or if you if you uh, uh, have problems. But if we really believe, should we really worry? How many How many would be honest with me? Say, I, I probably worry too much. Raise your hand. It's okay. You can be good. It's good. We probably worry too much. Worrying is not of God. The reason that God calls worrying a sin is because it's bad for us to worry. It brings anxiety into us. And we have issues. Sometimes it can really affect our health. So God says we want you, to, he wants us to be believers, to believe him and not get all wrought up when things don't go our way, but to actually believe. He gave the disciples a little word, a little lesson. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that. This morning, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 6. Uh, and uh, he kind of he he just kind of brought it to him. And I thought, man, this is interesting. Contrary to belief, Wikipedia actually has less factual errors than traditional encyclopedias. Let me repeat that. Contrary to belief, Wikipedia actually has less factual errors than traditional encyclopedias. You know who that's according to? Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when we think of things and we build a, <laughs> we build a belief system inside of us, 
according to us. According to me, I'm right. According to me, I got it all figured out. According to Wikipedia, Wikipedia has it all figured out. Well, we all know if we know Wikipedia, they don't have it all figured out. It's just a bunch of opinions, and everybody's got them. You know about that, right? So John chapter 6, verse 53. Everybody say, Jesus said. When we hear those words, something ought to wake us up. If Jesus said it, everybody say, Jesus said Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is food Indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, I and I live because of the Father, so he feeds, he feeds on me. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. He was saying, I am the bread that came down from heaven. You remember the scripture, it says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, talking about Jesus, and the word became flesh and dwelt among men. Jesus said, I am the bread of what? The bread of life, and that if believers actually believe, they will eat of me, and they will allow the bread of life to become a part of who they are. And then he said this. He said, this is the bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers ate the manna and are dead. You know, there's a fleshly bread. The children of Israel, when they left Egypt, manna came down from heaven, and they ate that bread, and it sustained them temporarily just for a minute because I don't know about you, but I like to eat. And that bread comes and it goes. But this bread stays forever. He said, unless you eat my flesh, unless you eat the bread of the word of God, the word that I am, you can't even have eternal life. He who eats this bread will live forever. He who, I don't know if you're hearing what I'm saying here. I said, he who eats this bread will live forever. Woo! What a deal. We get to live forever. Whoa. Count me in. I'm all about that. These things he said in the synagogue as he taught. He was like in church. And then verse 60, it just kind of takes a bad turn. Verse 60 takes a bad turn. It says, therefore, everybody say, therefore. therefore, many, not a few, but many of his disciples, many of his disciples, the ones who was following him, 
when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? Hey, let me talk to all you, all you parents for a minute. Please teach your kids to embrace hard things. Please teach your kids to be tough and not to wilt and fade back when times get tough. Please teach your kids to embrace uncomfortable situations because if you will embrace uncomfortable situations, your kids will learn from you how to embrace uncomfortable situations. And when you run from uncomfortable situations, when you show weakness in times of stress, your kids will learn to show weaknesses in times of stress. It's about time us parents got strong and taught our kids how to be strong in the Lord and eat the bread of life and drink the blood because what happens, not literally, but the blood of Jesus is what cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And it wasn't comfortable for Jesus. He didn't say, come unto me, all you are comfortable, and I will give you a recliner. <laughs> no. He said, they said, his disciples, some of them, it's just too hard, Jesus. It's just too hard. Verse 61, when Jesus knew, everybody say Jesus knew. And Jesus, he, he knew in himself that his disciples complained about this. And he said to them, does this, <laughs> does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man ascend where he was before? It's like, it's like, if this is going, if this little thing is going to trip you up, just hang on to your seat because I'm fixing to go to my Father. I'm fixing to ascend into heaven. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Are you going to get offended because I leave too? Is, are you going to allow all these little things in your life to offend you? Because if you are, you're probably not going to make it anyway. Now, you won't hear these at the foo-foo churches like this. They don't preach like this. But I'm telling you something. We got to be a little bit stronger than we are. America has taught us how to be weak, but Jesus wants to teach us how to be strong. <laughs> Does this offend you? What then if you should see the Son of Man of sin? Verse 63, is it the Spirit? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So we want to eat what feeds the flesh in our world today instead of eating from the bread of life. We, we all choose every day what we're going to eat. And we, in America today, we want to look at the menu. And we like a lot of options. And we're like, well, I don't think I'm going to go with the bread of life today. I think I'm going to go with the... Uh, just give me the ice cream of the world because it's on the menu. Anybody here like to eat dessert first? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I get it. I get it, but it's just the point. 
It says, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life, but there are some of you, there are some of you who do not believe. He said, I've got some followers here. I know you're my disciples and I know you've been following me everywhere you go, wherever where I go, but you are following me, but you don't really believe in me. You're just coming along because I give you a little fish every once in a while. I give you a little loaf of bread. But I'm telling you what, that bread's going to be gone 24 hours. That fish is going to be gone. But the bread that I give you is going to last forever, but it's not comfortable. So we've got to make up our mind. Are we going to eat the bread that God provides for us? Are we going to be, are we going to settle for something that is temporary? Because that's what the flesh does. The flesh inside of us wants the sin things and the, the things that, that make us more comfortable. We're like, oh, I just like that. I just want to have fun. The girls just want to have fun. They just want to, they just want to. Girls just want to have fun. It's true. <laughs> Jesus knew from the beginning who they were, who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. He knew. See, this is the part that we like people, like flesh and blood people, we don't get this part. He said, Jesus knew from the beginning who would betray him. He knew from the beginning who would follow him. And everybody wants to say in the doctrine of predestination that, that, that God picks and chooses people to go to heaven. No, that's not the way it works. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to a place of re repentance, to a place. God didn't die so that you would go to hell. He died so that you could have eternal life and live eternally with him. That's what you're predestined to do. But Jesus knew who wouldn't follow him. That's God. He knows everything. He knows who's not going to come, but it's not his choice for you if you choose not to follow him. Some people don't follow Jesus because they, they don't think that God chose them. I just feel like I got to say this. This is something stirring up in me right now. There's a word that says many are called, but few are chosen. And I never knew. For a long time, I didn't know what that meant. To me, it was just kind of like if a tree falls in the forest and nobody's around, does it make any noise? I'm like, well, who cares? I don't know. I'm not there. Many are called, few are chosen. What does that even mean? Well, I think what it means is that everybody's called, but few of them show up. Not everybody shows up. Not everybody chooses to get out of bed on a Sunday morning at 9 o'clock and sleep past the 8 o'clock service, and they come to the, to the one that <laughs> has more people in it. But at least you show up, though. Many... <laughs> Many are called, but few are chosen. Do you know who the chosen ones are? It's the ones who show up. It's the one who watch online. It's the one who prioritize who God, who seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then let all these other things be added unto you. But we're going to put God first. Many are called. Everybody's called. Few people really show up. 
But y'all made the choice today, as we do every day when we get up. We got to make the choice. Am I going to show up or not? God has chosen you to follow him. Don't ever think that God didn't have you in mind when he made heaven. Yeah, give Jesus a hand. Beautiful. God had you in mind. That's so cool, isn't it? When God made heaven, he thought about you. I just, he gets, kind of warms me up. <laughs> I love that. I love Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Says he knew from the beginning who they were who did not believe and who would betray him. He said, therefore, I have said to you that no one, everybody say no one. This is strong. That no one can come to me unless he has been, it has been granted to him by my father. Make, make no mistake that the father has granted it to us that we can come to him. The Father, it's not just about Jesus, it's about the Father, it's about the Son, it's about the Holy Spirit, the triune Godhead agreeing that you have been chosen to be a part of the family of God. Jesus didn't want to exclude the Father in this. He wanted to include him and honor the Father because that's who he is and because that's who he is, that's who he has called us to be. From that time, verse 66, from that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. We're talking about having a chance, an opportunity to follow Jesus. From that day forward, they're like, hey, I'm out of here. I ain't, uh -uh. No, I, got, I ain't got time for this. I got, I got baseball games. I got rodeo. I got, I got I, I'm a golfer. Just, I just don't have time. The little things, the little things can become the huge things that separate us from God. All of the good things can become evil in our lives if it takes us away from God. From that point on, many of them said, I ain't got time for that. <sighs> then Jesus said, everybody say Jesus said. Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, <laughs> to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where else are we going to go? We're going to, we're going to, where can we go? Once you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, 
And once you've tasted the reality of the love of God and you actually comprehend, comprehend it and it gets down in your soul and God becomes real to you and you begin to really, really, really believe in him and knowing that he believes in you and that he prepared a place for you that he loves you so much that he wants to spend eternity with you, you will answer the same question. Where else are we going to go? I can't get this out in the rodeo arena. I don't get it on the baseball field. I don't get it at my work. I don't get it anywhere in this world. But when I, when I get in your presence, God, when you let me come into your presence and I can eat of your flesh and I can read the word of God and it becomes real to me and it's sustenance for my body. It's sustenance for my soul and it brings an eternal perspective inside of me and I realize that I have been washed in the blood of Jesus, that my sin has been, has been washed away and cast as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against me. Where else? Where else could I go? Someone wrote a song one time, said, where could I go? Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend to help me in the end. Where could I go? But to the Lord. Mm. Where could I go? Mm. Mm -mm. He said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We have, we have come to know. I love this part. We have come to to know. In other words, when, when we met you, we weren't real sure about it. And when, when we first saw you, we was like, could this really be real? Or is this, is this, is this maybe uh, all of these emotions? Because uh, I don't know, maybe I just had too much bluebell ice cream last night. I don't know. But then we came to know you and we tested your word to see if it's good and then we watched you and we spent time in your presence and we got quiet before we noticed when you love people we know when you you walk the shores of Galilee when the footprints are in the sand and you made those footprints and we began to walk in the footprints of Jesus many came to hear you and they came to see you we knew something must be going on And we saw the consistency of your love for people who did not deserve love, the consistency of your love for people who were sick, for those who were dying, for the dead, that you raised the dead. And we saw that. We saw you. We saw you raise the dead. That you are God over the dead and the living. When we saw that, we're like, I'm in. I'm in. Everything that you have is everything that I need. You are my everything. You are my all. Yes. 
So where are we going to go? Where else are we going to go? Verse 70, Jesus answered them, did I, did I not choose you, the 12, and one of you is a devil? Whoa, whoa, wait, 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 wait a minute here. <laughs> he said, I don't know if y'all ever been around somebody you thought was your friend. And you thought that they like, up all up in your hip pocket, that should have told you something. Jesus said, did I not choose you, the 12, and one of you is a devil? He spoke of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for it was he who would betray him, being one of the 12. I'd, I'd like to say that everybody that I've preached to and all everybody that I've showed friendship to has been, uh, it's, it's just all turned out great. It's not the case. Not the case. Sometimes we lose our friends because they don't want to go where we're going. I will say this about influences because we all are influencers and we all are influenced. And because we are influenced, we will choose who we allow to influence us. And it's a choice that we make on a daily basis. And what we've tried to do around here, here at this church, just so it's not that the church is, it's his church. This is his place. It's his, what goes on here. But what, what we've tried to do is, is be the hands, the, the, the feet, the eyes, the, the mouth, uh, uh, be conduit for the kingdom of God, be a conduit for the word of God. Let the word come in us and then let the word go out of us. Let the heart of Jesus come in us and then let the heart of Jesus, we did this, we talk, Caleb talked about the he paid your fees events. Since we started these he paid your fee, fees events, probably in uh, 2002, I believe we did our first, I'm not sure, but we have had over, over 50 events with a total attendance of over 15,000 people at these events with a total number of saddles at over 120 saddles. And given over 215 buckles away with a total paid out of over $150,000. And you were like, wow, must be nice. Yeah, it is nice. It's nice to give things away because that's who Jesus is. For God so loved the world that he gave things away. He gave himself, not things, he gave himself so that whosoever believes in him, I got so much sermon up here and I preached very little of it today. We got a bunch of more people coming in in a minute, and I got to cut this. I got to I gotta stop. We're going to finish it next week. But I got to tell you something. Not everybody's going to appreciate you following Jesus. Not everybody's going to be on your team. <laughs> For... Uh, 
as I told you before, I grew up in church. and uh, When I got old enough to go to college, uh, I decided I'd go to a Bible college because I thought, you know, I need probably need going to do that because I, I, I knew God was going to do something, something with me. I just felt like that. I didn't know exactly what, but I knew he was going to do something. I just wanted to be ready when God said, uh, it's time to do something. I wanted to, I, I wanted to be ready. So I made up my mind. I knew a lot of kids that got, went, got crazy in college. Raise your hand. No, <laughs> don't raise your hand. <laughs> If you got crazy in college. <laughs> so I made up my mind. I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do what everybody does. So I went to Bible college. I don't know if you know it or not, but, but just because it says Bible college doesn't mean there's a boatload of evil people there. I mean, doing stupid things. I remember playing football on one Sunday afternoon, and I had the choice if I was going to go to church that night or keep playing football. And I told them guys, I said, I'm going to go to church. You know what they said? Christian, Christian people, Christian guys. No, let's play football. You don't have to go to church tonight. We're not going to church. We don't even do that. I'm going. So I went to church. And I thought, I didn't like Bible college at all, so I only lasted one semester. I had to take correspondence courses to be able to be a real preacher. So I went home and I went to a, uh, a, a local college in Ogden, Utah, a Weber, St Weber State College, got a rodeo scholarship, and uh, we'd go to college rodeos. Well, the, the, the rodeo coach, they, would, they didn't have a lot of money, so they would buy one room at the hotel for all the boys and one room for all the girls at the hotel. And uh, it really wasn't much different to Bible college. But my brother and I, we, we were on the rodeo team and, and after the rodeo, we'd, we'd go get something to eat and go, go to the room. And all these other guys, they'd go out and, and pick up girls. And the good thing about not doing that was you got the bed in the room. <laughs> so I'm in one bed, rested in the other bed, and these, these other guys that are on the team, they bring girls into the room, and they're, they're laid out all over the floor in the hotel room. And uh, I was like, Russ says, Randy, are you awake? I'm like, how am I going to sleep with this? <laughs> I said, I've had about enough of this. He said, I have too. He said, in fact... He says, if these girls aren't out of here in five minutes, we're going to throw them out. Would you help me? I said, I'm in. And, and you could have heard them guys. What, what y'all don't know is the week before we had a wrestling match in the, uh, before one of the practice sessions, and me and Russ whipped them all in a wrestling match. They knew we could throw them out. And uh, so next week, we know them girls are getting up and, and walking in. Them guys was really, really mad at us the next morning. But you know what? I didn't care. I didn't care what they thought. I cared about what God thought. 
He didn't like it anymore, and we liked it. He threw him out of the temple because they was being stupid. We threw him out of the hotel room because they was being stupid. There's, a, there's an old song that says, Stand up, stand up for Jesus, you soldiers of the cross. Stand up for Jesus. Let Jesus be the master of your life. I'm going to talk to you next week about Psalm chapter 1. It says, Walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, or stand in the seat of the scornful or sit our delight is in the law of the Lord and in that law we meditate both day and night we shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water who gives forth fruit in due season and whatsoever you do you will prosper because you let God be first in your life. You let God be who he wanted to be. And we didn't get offended at the word because it was hard. It wasn't easy to stand up for Jesus when we were rodeoing in college rodeo. But I'm going to tell you something. I think Jesus was just elated that night we threw him out of the hotel room. Why? Because we've got kids, stand up for Jesus. You will either be influenced by people who don't follow Jesus, or you can be the influencer. And God wants to raise up you kids to be influencers in your schools because they're not going to say it. They're not going to stand up for Jesus. But you kids, you can do it. You, you moms and dads in your workplace, you can stand up for Jesus. You can be the one that God puts his anointing on to do the right thing. Do the right thing. Do justly. Do the right thing. Have mercy while you're doing it and walk humbly with your God. And that is how you will pray. Please, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thanks for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for helping us. Lord, we know that, that was, those are hard words for your disciples. But, Lord, help us to eat the bread of life. Help us to appreciate and, and to take up our cross and follow you, even though sometimes it's difficult and so sometimes it's hard. We thank you, Lord, for that in Jesus' name. I'd like for you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed for just a second. This morning, if you've never accepted Christ as your personal Savior, the greatest gift that you can give to yourself is the gift of a relationship with the God that created you. God will never, never, never make you serve him. But there's a scripture that says this. It says that there is only one name given under heaven whereby man must be saved. If you want to live eternally with Jesus, you must come to Jesus on Jesus's terms and not on your term. Wikipedia isn't right, but Jesus is. So this morning, if you've never accepted him as your savior, maybe if you have, you just haven't been living for him simply by raising your hand and say, preacher, I need Jesus in my heart. I need to make him the Lord of my life. Slip your hand up real high. We want to put a Bible in it. Anybody? Preacher, that's me. I need Jesus. Anybody? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Leave your hand up till we get a bite on it, please. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. We don't want to miss you. Yep, thank you. Back in the back. Yep. God bless you. So proud of you. Anybody else? Preacher, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else? Slip your hand up high. I don't want to miss anybody. Yep. Yep, thank you. Thank you, baby. Yep. 
proud of you. Thank you so much. Anybody else before we move on? If you raise your hand, would you mind looking up at me? If you raise your hand, would you mind coming up? Let me pray with you back in the back over here. Come on up and let me pray with you. I'd be honored. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Over here. Come on. I'm proud of y'all. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, thank you. Bless your heart. Tell me your name. Really? Bless you. What's your name? Christy. I'm so proud of y'all. Amen. I want to pray with you, okay? Look here. Here's my boy. Look at this. Yeah. Bless you, buddy. Glad you're here. So here's the deal. The scripture says this. It says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God's raised you from the dead that we'll be saved. It's the greatest gift. There's no catch to it. This world's full of catches. This is simple honesty. I can help you pray with your mouth, but you have to believe in your heart. Okay? Can we do that? Y'all help us pray. Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Lord, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. I invite you into my heart. I invite you into my life. From this day forward, I give my life to you. Help me to read my Bible, to pray, show up for church, and get baptized. I love you, Jesus. Teach me to love you more. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I'm so proud of y'all. So proud of y'all. Thank you. Remember this now. You're not going to be perfect when you leave here. That's not what it's about. It's not about being perfect, but it's about letting the one who is perfect help you. You'll have the same problems, but God will help you with those problems. And it, and it just like they said, that, that it's, it's a process. We, we have learned to follow you. It's a process of, of learning about Jesus. I'm so proud of y'all. Thank you so much. Hey, go visit these guys over here for just a second. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. Proud of you. Go visit those people for a second. Would you stand with me, please? <clears throat> I was convicted. I was convicted in my life when I would worry about things. And I still, I'm still challenged with it. I'm not saying I got it all figured out. But... I was challenged when I would worry about things and, and then I get anxiety. Then I would wonder about what people were thinking about me instead of what God says about me. And I, and I let those things get into me. Is there anybody here that can identify with that and you'd like for me to pray for you? Raise your hand. All right. Let's everybody raise both hands just because we do all need prayer. <laughs> Amen. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for loving us. I pray, Lord, that you would give us a revelation about who we are. Holy Spirit, please convict us when we begin to have strife in our hearts, when we begin to uh, doubt you or doubt what your word says about us. Thank you, Lord, that we are willing to eat the bread of life and to be able to accept the, the blood sacrifice, Jesus, that you made on the cross so that we could have eternal life. Thank you, Lord, for it. Help us to follow you closely. And Lord, instill in everybody that's got their hands up, I pray that you would instill a love for people so that 
we can share you and your word with other people so that your kingdom would come and that people would be ready for the rapture of the church and for you to come back for a church that's looking for your appearing. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence today. Thank you for helping us. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. hey, I love you all. God bless you. We got our prayer team. If you need special prayer, love to have you. May God bless you all.